Grace, mercy, and peace to you from God our Father, through our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Our text today are the readings that we've just heard, especially these words. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Thus far our text. Dear friends in Christ, I was a kid during some sort of church activity, my brothers and I were sitting with a large group of kids when the pastor asked this question. What is temptation? Do you know the definition of temptation? And my brother shouted out at the top of his lungs, I don't know what temptation is, but my mom and my dad do. What is temptation? Temptation is something that is an everyday reality of our life here in this sinful world. Temptation surrounds us. Temptation leads to gossiping in town. Temptation leads young couples to live together outside God's good gift of marriage. Temptation leads people to look at things that their eyes are not to see. Temptation leads people to stick things in their pockets before they've paid for them. Temptation leads to cheating on taxes, cheating in board games, cheating on spouses. Temptation leads people to skip church or to just drop their kids off for Sunday school and then go home, free babysitting for an hour. Temptation tells children to disobey their parents. Temptation tells parents it's okay not to teach your kids the faith. Temptation leads to abortion euthanasia, and other forms of murder. Temptation leads the Christian away from God. What is temptation? What is the temptation that leads so many people to sin? To understand what temptation is, we have to go all the way back to almost the very beginning, to the book of Genesis, to the Garden of Eden, when we see the first temptation. Satan in one quarter, humanity in the other corner. And what is Satan's tool? to twist God's word, 
undermine God's word, to change God's word, to edit God's word, to lead people to forget God's word. God's word had been preached and taught to Adam as the first man, the father of humanity, and in a sense, the very first pastor of the world. It was very clear. You can eat from any tree in the garden, but not that one, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You can even eat from the tree of life and live forever. But Satan undermined that word. Satan twisted that word. Satan silenced that good word from God. Did God really say not to eat from this tree? Of course, you won't die if you do it. Your eyes will be opened. It will be beneficial for you. You'll know good and evil. You'll be just like God. You'll be your own God. God's word twisted, corrupted, undermined, changed, and forgotten. Satan convinced Adam and Eve, our very first parents, that God's word doesn't matter. That's what's behind all temptation. That's what temptation really is, a doubting of God's word. Why does a young couple move in together without being married? God's word is clear on the topic, but they do so because they don't believe that word counts for them. They don't believe that word tells them about their sin. They don't believe the consequences why do people steal or murder or gossip? Because they don't believe God's word that those activities are sin and that that sin will kill them forever. Why do people skip church? Why do people swear and curse? Why do people Look where they ought not look. Why do people gossip and complain behind each other's backs? Why do people commit any sort of sin at all? Because they don't believe God's word is true or that it matters. They let God's word be twisted, corrupted, changed, and forgotten. Dear friends, God's word is clear about what is sin and what is not sin. 
And it's summarized very concisely in ten commandments that you can memorize. There's really no argument about what is right and wrong. And yet sin continues to grow and become more acceptable in our world. Because more and more people doubt that God's word is true. Even us. I sin. I do it all the time. And when I sin, I hardly think about God's word. It doesn't matter. Who cares? I have these circumstances. Surely God won't mind. He's got bigger fish to fry than little old me. I don't believe God's word is true. Why do I sin? That's why. The same is true for you. Why do you sin? Dear Christian, the truth is this. Even if you don't believe it, even if you act like you don't believe it, even if you ignore it for just a little while, God's word is absolutely the truth. It is authoritative. It is powerful. It is damning to those who ignore it. God's word is true because the source of God's word is God himself. Wherever God's word is, God is there. God's word cannot be ignored. In fact, you could even say, as the scriptures do, that God's word is God. John's gospel talks about it. We heard it at Christmas time. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Word is Jesus, the Word of God made human flesh to take away the sin of the world. That's who Jesus is, the very embodiment of God's Word. And we see him today in our gospel lesson, squaring up against Satan. It's a rematch of what we heard about earlier, if you will. Jesus representing humanity in one corner and Satan in the other. It's the very same sort of fight that took place in the Garden of Eden. But now, God's word in human flesh, Jesus, is fighting the battle. Satan tries his usual games. Satan tries to tempt Jesus the same way he tempts you and me. By twisting, corrupting, and undermining God's word. You're hungry, Jesus? If 
you are the Son of God, really the Son of God, you should be able to turn these rocks into bread. And the Word of God in human flesh, Jesus, answers, speaks, preaches, and God's Word hangs in the air. Man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. A quote from Scripture. Satan is taken aback. Temptation is overcome, destroyed, undone. Satan tries again, this time pulling out the bigger guns. Let's twist God's word against this Jesus. Throw yourself off the top of this building, Jesus, if you are the Son of God. God promises he'll send angels to catch you, lest you strike your foot against a stone. The word of God made flesh, Jesus replies. Again, it is written, don't put the Lord your God to the test. God's word preached, spoken, taught, and again, Satan's temptation destroyed, worthless, undone. Satan knows why Christ has come. He's heard John the Baptist preach about Jesus. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. He knows that Jesus has come to purchase and win the entire world for God through his death and resurrection. And so now Satan tries his biggest temptation yet. Jesus, you've come to die for the whole world. I'll give it to you now. No cross, no blood, no suffering. All the nations, all their glory and power and might, I'll give it to you. If only you'll fall down and worship me. If only you'll Treat me as God. The word of God made flesh Jesus answers. Get thee behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him alone shall you serve. Jesus faces temptation, but is victorious. Jesus faces temptation and answers each and every time with God's word. Jesus faces temptation 
and uses God's word rightly. You see, all the temptation is, is the desire to ignore God's word, to twist God's word, to skip out on God's word, to replace God's word with your own ideas and opinions, or worse yet, to replace God's word with Satan's opinions and ideas. Jesus has faced temptation, just like Adam and Eve, just like you and me. But Jesus, the Word of God made flesh, conquers. Jesus, the Word of God made flesh, wins the day. Satan is powerless against Jesus. When it's Jesus versus Satan, Satan loses. He's in fact the biggest loser ever. Or as it says in our epistle lesson, since then we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted just like we are, and yet without sin. Jesus overcame Satan's temptation. And what's more, Jesus also overcame all sin. The same word of God made flesh Jesus who spoke the truth to Satan and undid his power also went to the cross to forgive your sin. To forgive the times that you gave in to temptation. To forgive the times that you acted like God's word didn't matter, or you didn't care, or you thought you knew better in the moment. Jesus destroyed that sin by his cross, by his passion, by his suffering and death. He died so that your sin could be forgiven, and it is forgiven. He rose from the dead to set you free from the power of temptation in this world. Instead, to give you the solution to temptation, God's Word. Not that you can just quote off Bible passages and that will make everything better. God's Word made flesh, bleeding and dying and rising again for you. That's how you have overcome temptation. That's how you've been set free from sin. The consequences of your sin are taken away by the Word of God made flesh, Jesus. 
Your failure to conquer temptation, gone. Your adultery, theft, gossip, murder, and the rest, gone. Christ has paid for it. It is forgiven by his cross, by his empty tomb. The word of God made flesh, Jesus, died to forgive you. You sang those words just a few minutes ago in the hymn, A Mighty Fortress. One little word can fell Satan. That word is Jesus. So this, this Lenten season, dear Christian, repent. Repent of your sin, of giving in to temptation. Stop living as if God's word doesn't really matter. Because the word is your only hope. The word, Jesus. Stop ignoring the word that rescued you from Satan. Don't think it's acceptable to ignore God's word any longer. For he has won you by the price of his blood. Don't think that you can unrepentantly gossip, murder, steal, live together, look at inappropriate things any longer. Your soul is at risk. Repent. Believe the gospel. Believe God's word. Believe in Jesus. His forgiveness matters. His grace is important. He has defeated sin, death, and even the power of the devil to twist, change, and undermine God's holy word. The word died for you. The word rose for you. The word earned your forgiveness. The word has set you free, free indeed. The word of God made flesh, Jesus, has conquered all temptation. In the name of Jesus, amen. Now may the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.